Blog Talk Radio.
And yes, brothers and sisters, don't we know how much he lives? And I thank the Father that, yes, his Christ lives, and for sure he lives. And I thank him, and we can't thank him enough, can we? Of course he lives. And that's why we're doing this show, because he lives. And because he lives, we can face today and tomorrow. I mean it, brothers and sisters. The Most High has truly given us hope, haven't he? We are not hopeless, despondent, so we shouldn't be discouraged because of this Christ and his sacrifice all the things that the Father set up through in allowing Christ to come and die for us and change literally everything for mankind. So, yes, tonight, brothers and sisters, we're here again, right here on the Five Smooth Stone platform. This is Brother Seth. You have the Five Smooth Stones Network. And tonight we are talking about if there's no color in Christ, why do we still prefer, why do we still refer to black and white? <laughs> I mean, seriously, why do we still do that? It's almost like a joke, but it ain't funny. Why are we still saying black and white? And if you really want to get technical, it comes down to the things of the most high, whether or not women can go forth in ministry, whether or not women can be used of the Most High, whether or not women can pray to the Most High, really and truly, we really can't even say male and female. If it's going to be about our position, our reality, where we really stand, where we really sit, where we really position where the Father is concerned, we are one. Where neither there is male nor female, Jew nor Greek, bond nor free, scriptures say. My goodness. So why on God's green earth are we so devoted to our team, to our squad, clan, or better yet, to our race? Sometimes it's not even based on DNA. It's based on a social construct because the scriptures does not define race based upon a skin color. So this thing we're calling 2023 is really man-made. All this devotion to white, so-called whites looking out for their own and promoting their own and the good old boy network and all of this. Black people doing the same thing, the same social construct that created the so-called white man, created the so-called black man to divide and conquer us, which it has done successfully, I might add. So tonight, we're talking about how should we refer to each other? You know, how far does this thing go about no culling Christ? I mean, is this just something the Father put and just it's just spiritual mumbo-jumbo, some of you might say? I don't say that, but some of you might think that, you know? Well, it's not related to us, brother, brother said. 
I had nothing to do with us, Brother Seth. It was for Bible days, Brother Seth. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, tonight that this is the answer to the race question. This is the answer to unifying us. This is the answer to the racial hatred. This is the answer to the good old boy network, the illegal good old boy network. This was the answer and is the answer to Jim Crow and any other modern-day Jim Crow going on that we don't know about. This is the answer to the division between so-called black and white. This is the answer to sexism. Yes, millions, if not billions of women are disenfranchised due to false doctrine that limits women where it comes down to spiritual matters. So we're going to talk about tonight what is the proper balance. I mean, really and truly, should men and women just go in the same restroom if there's no color in Christ? Some people just some people have actually asked questions that far off. I mean, should we not pay no attention to our physical identity? That would cause some confusion, wouldn't it? Well, we're going to get into that, and we're going to get into it scripturally uh, without turning into a Bible study. But, brothers and sisters, we cannot escape the scriptures. So some of y'all need to chill out, and uh, maybe we need, maybe we will actually have a Bible study tonight. But, brothers and sisters, we have a problem. We cannot get along with our so-called white brothers, and they can't get us get along with us. What are we going to do? We've been commanded to love one another. We've commanded to walk in the Spirit. We're commanded to see each other as who we are in Christ. And it's been hundreds, it's been thousands of years, and we have yet to master that. So this show tonight is to remind, especially, first and foremost, those of us that are calling ourselves Christians, to walk as the Father has commanded us to walk, first and foremost. The way we uh, approach our most our Father has to be through Christ, not through black, not through white, uh, which is not even a way or group. But even if you DNA knew who you were according to the flesh, it means nothing when we come before the Most High Yah, or Yahweh, some of y'all call him, or God, as some of y'all call him. So, again, I'm Brother Seth, and I want to thank you, thank you, thank you for those of you already on the phone lines. And I forgot to open the chat room. I'm going to go ahead and open the chat room. Those of you that are okay, chat room is now open. Those of you that want to chat. So uh, we want to welcome uh, uh, everyone to chat freely. Please do so. The chat room is now open. And I will be checking the chat room periodically to see if there's any uh chatter that I can um, bring to the people. If you have any questions or something you want to ask, we will definitely bring it to the people. All right? So what I want to do is play a little something I have prepared uh, for such a time as these, uh, meaning those of you that are new to the Five Swing Zone Network and you don't know quite how this works, I have prepared uh, what we call a preliminary uh, uh, 
actually, hold on a second, make sure I got this up here. I am so grateful to those of you that keep following us and following us and following us. Uh, some of you have been following us since a year 2011, and I'm, I'm so thankful. So, again, brothers and sisters, we're coming at coming to you for a very important show tonight as we have been doing since 2011 we don't waste your time we don't play around with your time we're very serious tonight the way we're going to roll tonight uh first and foremost i forgot to mention we do have a guest tonight the reverend uh author ray melton will be joining us uh he's uh from dallas texas really my uncle uncle ray is going to be joining us tonight but uh, he's known throughout the metroplex as reverend author Ray Melton. He will be joining us tonight as, again, we talk about if there's no color in Christ, why do we still refer to black and white? So um, in just a little bit, we'll be bringing on Uncle Ray to discuss that, all right? But before that, I just want to play this little bit, this little reminder to those of you that are new to the Five Stone Stone Network. Just, just to tell you a little bit about how we do um and um, just listen to this, and then we'll be uh, back uh, shortly. Uh, we have, uh, again, a guest tonight, and uh, it may we may get a few co-hosts. We'll see. But check this out. We'll be right back, brothers and sisters. Shows with hundreds of topics 
with uh, different guests from all walks of life, all different ethnic groups. We have people that travel the world, very intelligent people, very educated on our show. And, and more importantly, uh, a lot of God-centered people, a lot of people led by that Ruach Confidential, that, that Holy Spirit, are sharing on our network. So Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio. That's the fastest way to get to us. Google Five Smooth Stone Blog Talk Radio, and you'll be able to enjoy over 500 episodes on various topics. Uh, at your leisure. Lastly, we want to remind everybody to follow the show. Follow the show. Please follow us. It gives us a bigger presence on the net. Plus, you benefit by getting a reminder sent to you anytime we do shows. Uh, we get these little reminders sent with all types of details of what's going on on the next show sent to you. Enjoy the rest of the show, and thank you for tuning into the Five Phone Network. Hello. back brothers and sisters all right uh again tonight folks we're dealing with this topic of is there if there's no color in christ why do you refer to each other black and white and i know some of y'all saying oh seth come on that's ridiculous of course we got to call each other black and white brothers and sisters it's a made-up concept it's not in the bible but anyway i went on to say in the show's description tonight if there's no color in Christ, why do those in Christ still refer to each other as black and white? I went on to say, why do we still group ourselves by race, whether it's associated with DNA or a social construct? Why do we do, a, I mean, hold on, excuse me, what do we do about social injustices based on race? That's a good one. One more time. What do we do about social injustices based on race? There is still too much confusion as to how we address each other and maneuver as new creatures in Christ in a fleshly world. And I went on to say our special guest is Arthur Ray Melton. And so I'm going to go ahead and open the line and uh, bring on my Uncle Ray, uh, a.k.a. Ray. Uncle Ray, and see what he has to say. Well, first, Uncle Ray, first of all, welcome to the Five Soul Network. I think this is my first time having you on one of our shows. Welcome. Uncle Ray, your line is open. Go right ahead. Welcome to the show. Uncle Ray, are you there? Okay, I'm going to come back to him. we got to keep moving, y'all. But, uh, folks, tonight, we're talking about the book, Brother Seth. The book I've been writing now for some time, The Systemic Lies of White Supremacy, or Our World's Ruling Religion. And, uh, brothers and sisters, we've been talking about this book a while. And on Tuesdays, Tuesday is dedicated here on the Five Zone to talk about the book. The other shows on either Thursdays or Sundays, whenever we have shows, because we've been haven't been having shows lately. We've been taking a little break, but we're going to get back to it. So just stay tuned. 
This is why it's excellent to follow the show, and you'll get these reminders sent to you. But so far, we've talked about the dedication of the book and how it's to be read. Uh, uh, just when you open up the book, first of all, you're going to see the dedication. This is the table of contents I'm going through right now. We've talked about the dedication of the book, how it's to be read. We've talked about that. The need to know why the information book is so important. That was a very important show. We actually covered that on one of our shows. And also we talked about the working definitions. Yes, what we're doing, brothers and sisters, again, we're writing a book literally on the air. Now, I'm not going to put everything on the air that's going to be in the book. I'm not stupid. But most of, I'll say quite a bit of what's going to be in the book, we're talking about literally on the air. I have a transcriber uh, Brother Yoel, who will be transcribing, and as we do the show, uh, he will transcribe certain portion. Now, when we bring on the co-host or the guests like we have our guest tonight, that won't be a part of the book. But when I go uninterrupted for my 30 minutes, I'm going to put myself on a timer tonight. When I go the 30 minutes, that is a part of the book. Uh, now, we'll be adding here and there again you're not going to get all the book online again that probably is not a smart thing for an author to do and i'm not doing it but i am going to put quite a bit of the book on blog talk radio on the five smooth stone network right here on the five smooth stone network so tune in on tuesday we've already had it done about i guess about six shows so far so what i decided to do is to Go over chapter 2, which is very long. It's the longest part of the book. It's almost half the book, chapter 2. We decided to skip chapter 2 and go to the solution, the solution. The name of the book is called The Systemic. The Systemic Lies of White Supremacy Are Our World's Ruling Religion. One more time. The Systemic. Y'all know what systemic means. The system, routine lies of white supremacy are our world's ruling religion. So that book is being wrote on Tuesdays. And so far, like I've said, we've talked about the dedication, how to read the book, the need to know the information in the book, the working definitions in the book, the acknowledgement. Well, we actually didn't talk about the acknowledgement. That's something that will come later. Forwarding, uh, we'll re that's one of the things that I won't uh, do. Um, I won't get that information out just yet as to who's going to be forwarding the book. Chapter 1, we talked about what this work is and what this work is not. We also did a show where we talked about the mechanics of white supremacy, excuse me, white supremacy, simply how it works. Again, we did a show where we talked about Chapter 1, which included what this work is, what this work is not, and then also... Uh, we talked about the mechanics of white supremacy, simply how it works. And then chapter two, the biggest chapter, which is half the book, which is the Expo 30. Expo 30 is nothing more than 30 areas of life saturated with white supremacy, area where people are talking. If there's any kind of communication in life, any area, we're talking about religion, we're talking about uh, 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 education, we talk about entertainment, we talk about anything that has to do with everyday living in society. We talk about this racism, this white supremacy, this philosophy of whites being superior in thought, speech, and behavior, or white institutions being superior in thought, speech, and behavior, or white countries being superior in thought, speech, and behavior. Some of y'all some of us, I should say, is caught up in uh, 
and believing that whites indeed are some kind of way superior in any remote way. Some of y'all believe that. And so that's what this book is about. But we go on to go deeper in the book and talk about how that white supremacy or racism is not a thing about white people. I mean, thing practiced by exclusively white people. This book is going to say something that I guarantee you, you've probably never heard in your entire life. We believe that white supremacy can be, and mostly is, people of color. Because whites are only 8% of the world's population. And not all white people believe and subscribe to white supremacy or racism. A lot of them are freer than some of us. And the big big thing we, we talk about in the book is that a lot of white people, I believe, are not white supremacists. Again, we believe it's a philosophy. And not all white people ascribe to that philosophy. And even those that act like they're racist, a lot of them, they know better. They're just going along with us thinking they're superior in thought or speech or action. They just go along with us thinking their institutions are better in thought, speech, or action, or their colleges are better. They just sit back and watch us believe that, but they know better because they have a mirror at home and they know better because they live in this country and they know about these institutions that some of some non-whites think is superior. A lot of our foreigners thinking that a lot of things that are white is just better. The people that know the truth is oftentimes white people themselves because they know how they are in their own minds when they are, when nobody's around them. They know how they really are. They know their insecurities. But I tell you who don't know, oftentimes, is people that don't have relationships with whites and they actually believe that they're superior just the way they do things. Now, I'm not stupid. I know that a lot of times that uh, colleges like MIT and Harvard's uh, 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 is indeed superior with a lot of times their information, but it's not because of white people only. It's because of foreigners. It's because of ideas they extracted all over the world, and they bring those ideas and they bring those students from all over the world, and those students help make Harvard what it is, but yet Harvard paints a white face to its success. And so we talk about that. We talk about that, and again, we submit to the listeners, and we've been doing it for six weeks now, that most white supremacists have to be people of color because people of color, 92% of the world population, and white people are only 8%. So how does 8% rule in 92%? Somebody believe the lies. I said, somebody believe the lies, and that's what the book is all about. We call white supremacy a religion. It truly is a religion. It truly is a religion, brothers and sisters. And we've already talked about it. Can't get too deep into it, but we we went into that as to it has all the tenets to be the religion it is. But anyway, I'm going to go back to the line and try to try to get our my uncle on again, the one and only uh, Reverend. Arthur Ray Melton. Let's try him one more time, and we'll see if he cor- uh, corrected whatever problems he had with his phone. Okay, Uncle Ray, going back to the line. Your line is now open. Are you there? Amen. Can you hear me? I can hear you can just you? great. 
Y'all can hear okay, you just fine. Well, Say hello to the people. Well, good evening, everyone. I might have, let, let's give God all the praise and and, uh, and let this be a blessing, not only to the uh, host, but also to each and every last one of the participating in this event. Thank you. Well, Uncle Ray, tell us a little bit about yourself in about take about two minutes because you are new to the Five Food Stone audience, and uh, I'd like to see to know who my uncle is. Go ahead and let them know uh, where you or minister at and just just about two minutes please okay that'll be fine my na- my name is reverend arthur melton i am the associate minister for mesquite friendship baptist church i was about uh, for the last uh 31 years i've been out of 28 of those have been at Newbridge baptist church and, and pastor george w pry and it's a pleasure to have each and every last one of you with us tonight amen Yes, yes. Well, again, thank you for participating tonight, and uh, any other co-host that's going to be joining, Reverend uh, uh, Melton, go ahead and press 1. I won't bring you on now. We'll bring you on after I go for 30 minutes. Now, I know y'all. some of y'all say 30 minutes is such a long time. It is, but remember, this is a unique show. Uh, Uncle Ray, uh, uh, I'll tell you again tonight what we're going to do from between now and 9 o'clock. I'm going to go without interruption. No calls. Amen. Uh, you can interject quickly. I mean, if you want to say uh, amen or something like that, as long as it's about a five-second interjection, you can do that. I'll leave your line open. But I'm going to go uninterrupted from 8.30 to 9, and then I'll bring you back on at 9 to see if you have any comments. Make notes, please, so you won't forget. And any other any other codes that's going to be uh, joining uh, Reverend Melton, go ahead and press 1 at that time at 9 o'clock, and I'll bring you on. So, I want to go ahead and tell the person that's transcribing for me. Uh, we'll start right now, okay? Uh, we'll start right now. So start the timer. And Brother Ray, uh, 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 Uncle Ray, I'll go ahead and uh, and uh, I think what I'm going to do is meet you because there's a little noise there. I can hear the background just a little bit. And well, I tell you what, I'm going to leave you open. Just remember to keep the noise down, okay? Okay. So I want to go ahead and start uh, the transcriber. Uh, like I said, uh, folks, we've been talking about this book, and uh, Chapter 8 deals with the solution, the solution. Brother Seth, what is a solution? If you think white supremacy is a religion, what is a solution to a, a, a religion? First of all, let's talk about what a religion is. I know this is in the, towards the end of the book, uh, but i got to say this again. I want to remind everybody what we've already said, those of you that are that are new to to, to uh, uh, maybe you missed this in the early part of the book, okay? So when we think of a religion, we have to think of what makes up a religion. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that white supremacy isn't it, it, it isn't just some white people hollering white power, white power. I submit to you, brothers and sisters, that white supremacy is a religion. The definition of a religion is the belief in and worship of a superhuman power or powers, especially of gods or God, all right? A particular system of faith and worship, and uh, a pursuit also, another another uh, definition is the pursuit of interest to which someone ascribes supreme importance. One more time. And I just simply pull this up from the Oxford Dictionary. One more time. 
Here's another definition. A pursuit of interest to which someone ascribe supreme importance. Let's look at white supremacy on the surface and see if it meets all of those characteristics we just said. White supremacy has devoted individuals that actually think whites are superhuman. In other words, they are smarter. They do it better. And some of y'all believe the same thing. So as we talk about what whites believe, I want you to, in the back of your mind, remember Brother Seth is submitting tonight and has been submitting throughout this book that it is not just whites that believe these lies about white supremacy. As a matter of fact, I'm reminded of the early, uh, our early years, our early sojourn as so-called African Americans, that there used to be so-called black people. We say so-called because we don't believe in a race based upon color or grouping of people based upon color since it's not in the Bible. All right, we are either Israelites, Jebusites, Amorites, all of those ice in Genesis 10. We are not black and white. I don't care how much you say it, you can keep saying it till you die, and your kids and kids can keep saying it till you die, but the Father does not recognize a race based upon color. All right? We really don't know who we are. Only people know who they are is the so-called Jews because they are living out the prophecies in the Bible. If you're not living out the prophecies in the Bible, uh, how do you know what you are? We're too mixed. Everybody's too mixed. So we don't know who the Jebusites, Amorites, all of those, Philistines. We don't know who those people are today because we're all mixed. The only people, again, we know who they are is Israelites based upon the prophecies they are fulfilling. All right? So we can just say Jews or Gentiles. That's all we can say as far as DNA. But going back to the definition of white supremacy, all right, I'm about to show everybody how we all worship this image. It's really idolatry. And you might say, well, brother, come on now. I'm a black man. I'm black power. I hate white people. I I don't know nothing about what you're talking about. I ain't no white supremacy. I don't get that. White supremacy is those people hollering, white power, white power, white power. Now, I want y'all to really listen, because the Father, all this started when the Father showed me I was practicing white supremacy. You say, how is that? I was talking to a gentleman by the name of C.T. Vivian. C.T. Vivian. Some of you older people might know who he is. Um, Uncle Ray, you know who C.T. Vivian is real quick? No, I'm not, no, I'm not familiar with him. C.T. Vivian walked with Dr. Martin Luther King. Uh, Abernathy, Jesse right. Jackson, C.T. Vivian. All of them walked together. Now, I, I, he was on the plane after he was on the Oprah show. And I know it was the father that set this up because he, he sat right behind me. And I know when some when 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 a, when, when a lot of so-called celebrities, I got this rule, well, I'm not going to be no groupie and run after them. They have to come to me. If I am to talk to them, they have got to come to me because when I tell the story, I want to be able to tell people that they came to me. So this guy sat right behind me, and I knew I was supposed to talk to him. So he was just on Oprah show. C.T. Vivian was the first one I ever seen on Oprah show back-to-back, like you see the Tuesday show he's on, Wednesday he's on. Anyway, I was talking to him about several things. But one of the things I was talking to him about, I had said, hey, I saw you on uh, Oprah show. You ain't, you, ain't you the gentleman that was on Oprah show? He said, yeah, yeah. I said, man, I surely enjoyed that, how y'all was talking about white supremacy. And he said, yeah. And um, he and I began to talk. And I, I later on, speak, to make the long story short, told him that the Father revealed to me that I was a white supremacist. And this is what Dr. C.T. Vivian told your brother Seth. He said, 
uh, that's impossible. He said white supremacy is a power structure, Seth. I don't know if he, I don't know if he used my name, but he said white supremacy. You have to be in power. You have to have money. You have to have clout. I said, well, Doctor Vivian, God, listen, I'm talking to him. I said, Doctor Vivian, God showed me I was a white supremacist, and that white supremacy is a philosophy, and anybody can believe it. Now. Y'all know what happened, those of you that's been listening to the five songs for any length of time. Dr. Vivian said, hmm. He kind of paused. He didn't say, oh, I agree. He just didn't say, but at the end of our conversation, we talked a long time. Folks, we talked as long as the flight. The flight was like two hours. We just hit it, hit it, hit it, talked about the Israelites, talked about many things. And so I remember he gave me his car, but then he turned his car over and he gave me his cell phone. And uh, uh, anyway... It's a long story, and I also post their story on my Facebook page about how what we talked about, but I can't get into it now. But that's where a lot of black people are at. They feel like you can't be racist, black people, because you don't have power. Folks, our people back in the day used to think the white man's ice was literally colder. No, really. The, white, the black businessman in the black community that sold ice, was told by black people that they wasn't going to buy his ice. That's not no myth when you hear that, the white man's ice is cold. That's not no cliche. That really is a true story. We have been doing, making insane comments like that as a people for a very long time. We have been thinking that white education is better for a very long time. We have been thinking white neighborhoods is better for a very long time. We have been thinking that white countries is better for a very long time. We have been preferring to go to Europe than to vacation in beautiful Africa for a very long time. We have been thinking that whites speak better than us for a very long time. I remember being related to someone, I won't mention their name, but they was an English major, and they say, Seth, you'd be shocked to know how many of our white brothers and sisters, because this ain't no hatred, all right? Uh, she said, you'd be surprised to know how many of our white brothers and sisters speak bad English. We think because they speak nasal and they talk different than us that they're always talking proper. But we forget they have to go to, to English classes, too. Now, it's true a lot of them parents and, and, and relatives are in power, and so they're forced to speak better English than us because they're in and out of offices and different things like that. But there are a lot of proper-looking people, prosperous-looking people that do not speak proper Queen's English. She says, I know because I'm an English major. But you, brothers and sisters, listening under the sound of my voice, probably didn't know that because we feel like whenever people, whites talk, they are so much more uh, better now I kind of hit on some surface things I know we're not on the topic of the show but we are going to switch gears now and go there I just want to lay the foundation what white supremacy is it is vastly I believe practiced by more non-white people than white people I think when white people uh, act in this white supremacy type of mindset a lot of them are being deceptive they know better I think whites that are educated know better. There's two types of white people, I believe. 
that practice this I'm talking about. Not all white people practice this, uh, okay? But watch this. There are so-called white people that know better, and they'll go and just be very quiet and watch us, watch so-called non-white people worship them. I, I, I remember working with a coworker, and I was learning black history and learning a lot of the things we talk about on this Five Suits and Lost Stone Network, and she confided in me and told me, I know uh, Jesus was black. Now, it's, it's, it was the confidence by which she said it. And see, a lot of whites will sit back and allow the white images, and they know better. And they know she knew that I was searching for identity or searching the scriptures or, or, or trying to learn more about Africa and trying to learn more about great things we were doing instead of her saying before I brought it up who we were. She even said she believed the people in the Bible were black. My point is there's a lot of white people like that, and they'll sit back and let you worship them and worship their nation and worship the way they do things, and they'll watch you being intimidated by how they talk. They'll watch you stumbling and, and, and staggering when you talk, knowing you you feeling intimidated, knowing why you feel intimidated, and won't correct. There's some whites that have the heart of Christ, that'll say, hey, you, you, you just as smart as I am, or you smarter than I am, or, or they'll, they'll tell the truth. But for the most part, a lot of whites will sit back because the system, there is a system, brothers and sisters, that allow this foolishness, and they are what you call benefiting from the system. In other words, white privilege. So it's better for them to stay quiet and just enjoy white privilege, which is part of, that's what this worship is all about, and then to correct you and uh, uh, have you walk in the light. So all of this talk about white and black brothers and sisters, you're probably saying, well, brother said you just put out a title saying if there's no color in Christ, why do we still refer to each other black and white? So chapter 8 is, is talking about solutions to racism. And one of the things Christ did when he came to this earth, uh, the Father did, I should say, Yahweh did, because I don't believe Christ and Yahweh is the same. I'm sure you don't either, because we're, we're, we're smart, right? So Yahweh, or Yah, or God, sent the Most High, I mean, excuse me, sent the Son. You know, the Son say, uh, body thou hast prepared for me. Y'all know by many times Christ praying to the Father, so obviously they're not they're two different people. And so the plan was to come and die for man and to put all of the sin on man. And once that happened, brothers and sisters, sin has been taken care of past, present, and future. Yes, it has been. And the Bible talks about when we become born again, those of us that really, 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 really believe that Christ came to this earth, died, rose again, if we believe that, number one, that's a gift. And once we believe that, which is a miracle that you even believe that because you wasn't there, if you can believe that he came, lived, and died, and rose again, that is a miracle. And the Bible talks about how you can't even get that miracle unless he give you the faith to believe. So once he give you the faith to believe, which is a miracle, you become what we call born again. The Bible says that we all become one with Christ when that happened. And it says, know no man after the flesh. Those of us that have been born again, it says, know no man after the flesh. I'm going to say that again. The Bible says, know no man after the flesh. What does that mean? That means you're not supposed to put confidence in 
who we are, your last name. And so some people say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute. How does this work? Let's just read it. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, everybody, brothers and sisters. And uh, you all see what I'm saying. I'm just going to let the scripture speak for itself. Again, 2 Corinthians 5. Brothers and sisters, the Father has commanded us not to see each other based upon physical identity. That means male or female, Jew or Greek. This is the Bible. So sometimes I wonder, do we really believe the Bible? If we don't, we probably shouldn't be Christians. Just go be something else and quit playing with it. Because the Bible that we talk about every Sunday says that we are supposed to go by our true identity, which is our spiritual identity. It says we are dead. If we are dead, we are dead. It says the life that we now live is Christ. We're in Christ. It's almost like an aquarium, the way the Father gave it to me years ago. It's almost like all of us are placed in this big aquarium. We all, all of us are placed in this big, just think of a fish aquarium. This is the way I explain it to kids or to teenagers. It's like when we was born again in Christ, we was put in one big tank, and we're all one with, with Christ. When the Father sees that tank, he, when he sees Christ, he sees us. And this is what it means to pray in his name. When you pray in his name, you're going as though you're Christ. Because you, brothers and sisters, cannot pray in your physical last name identity. Seth Turner, that's my name. I am nobody. Uh, I'm not going to say I'm not nobody, but my merits, my righteousness is not good enough to go before Yahweh. Or good, good enough to go before the Most High. So I have to go through Christ blood through through Christ. When people say, oh, I plead the blood, that's what they're really saying. We have to go through Christ. That, that's how we pray. We, we, before we even, people like to end the prayer with, in Jesus' name I pray, and that's okay. But you can say it at the beginning, Father, in Jesus' name I pray, and then pray that way. But you have to go through him in Christ, because that's who we see anyway. So I want to just read this to you, brothers and sisters, and I want you all to really think about this and tell me, wouldn't this solve the race problem uh, in our world, okay? Again, this is talking about, this is just one of many solutions in Chapter 8. Chapter 8, we talked about also something called an umbilical cord of trusting these people. Uh, and so last week, uh, well, excuse me, um, the last show, we hit real hard about this umbilical cord that, I, that the Father showed me that's connected to a lot of us. We've been born in this country, and all we know is white people, what they say, the way we look at the world, the way we look at each other, the way we look at them, the way we look at God, the way we look at the rest of the world is through the lens of white people. So how on God's green earth can white people white people be different than us when the racist white person was in the same class as we was in? That's why you have a lot of – that's how those cops – was able to beat up that black guy because that black guy had deteriorated to being, uh, uh, they didn't value him as a brother. And I talked about this, I'm repeating myself, I hate to do this, but some of y'all didn't listen to the last show, but a lot of y'all say that those black guys beating up that black man had nothing to do with white people. And it didn't have to do with white people in a sense. We can't go blaming white people. 
but we can blame white supremacy. Now, you say, well, I'm going to do. Okay, watch this. Have you ever seen five black cops beat up a white guy? I mean, that was not doing anything. Have you ever seen a black a, a black guy? We're not trying to advocate this. Y'all, come on, don't do me like that. You know, this is a love channel. We love, love, love all people. And for sure, we love white people. I say it more than anybody on Blog Talk Radio. Guarantee you. So don't ever associate Fosman Stone with hate, those of you that's new to, the, to, to this show. All right? I'm talking about bringing us together as one human family. That's why I'm trying to destroy this white supremacy. But anyway, these brothers, uh, these cops, uh, uh, and, and transcribe, if you can, extract this whole story, because I already talked about this in the book. But some didn't hear last week's show. I'm sorry for this, but please extract just this about the about the uh this these five cops. But these police officers, the way they treated their brother, they didn't value him as they do whites. So white supremacy, when we say the word white supremacy, every time you say that word you might not mean to say it, but you're saying black inferiority. If you say the term black inferiority, somebody's gonna say, Well what is it inferior to? Whites. So if you say black inferiority, you're saying white supremacy. If you say white supremacy, you're saying black inferiority. You cannot have white supremacy without saying something is – if you say white supremacy, which ought to really listen to me what I'm saying, because some of you never say white supremacy. You never – you don't even like saying it. You don't like thinking about it, and, uh, uh, but you like practicing it. And Ray, I'm going to put your uh, line on hold just for just to to time to for about another ten minutes when we come to the talk to uh, the uh, we'll, we'll talk to you then. But some of you say, "Well, I'm man, I don't know what you're talking about. I hang around black people." Some of you say, "I don't even like white people," you know. And so, how are you going to say that black people? I want y'all to really listen to me. God is real. His power is real. The reason Brother Seth has been on this show talking about this book and talking about this. Racism, white supremacy, in a way that I'm sure very you've probably never heard it like this, is because the father showed me I was practicing it, and he showed me that it's idolatry. Most people in America that was raised in America that's never left America learn another way of looking at everything outside of the white man's perspective. It's practicing white supremacy slash black inferiority. I can prove it. Old black people, young black people, I mean everybody. I, I, talked to, I, I told y'all I had a relative, I'm not going to call their name out, uh, but they actually, I, I will call their name out because this is very serious to me, but I remember years ago my mother, who I respect more than probably any woman on the earth, Man, so just no, I ain't gonna throw on the bus for nobody. But I remember years ago, my mother used to say that she wanted us to shape our baby's nose, shape our baby's nose. And I used to say, Mama, why do we have to shape our baby's nose? She said, Well, so the nose won't spread. And then I began to realize it wasn't just my mother saying that. It's it's it's, it's probably thousands of people that say that. It's probably some people saying, Well, yeah, you shape the baby's nose. You what are you trying to say? Yeah, of course you do. Some some people probably actually saying that in their head. But, folks, that is one of the most racist things you can do. And I told my mother, I said, Mama, do white people shape their baby nose? She said, just kind of look.
Because we're shaping our nose, she said, so your nose won't spread. Now think about this for a second. I'm only talking about my mother to let y'all see how serious I am. I'm not just picking on black people because if I use my mother, you'll know what he can't because he ain't going to, and you're right. I'm not going to disrespect my mother, none of y'all. But, but, but what I'm trying to say is this. God showed me I was practicing white supremacy. And when he showed me, I began to see, I, bro- I kind of broke outside of this maze, this these these it's almost like we're wearing bifocals or it's the way we see things and, and again like I did last week it's almost like we're wearing an, an an umbilical cord to where we have this ungodly trust we just trust these people to define everything for us and we say well well you know that is what it is, it is you are supposed to shape the baby nose but who told you that who told you there's such thing as good hair or bad hair where do we get that from that's racist too Every, uh, uh, most most of y'all still saying good hair, bad hair. Think about the father. He made your hair, and you tell him it's bad hair. I mean, think about that for a minute. And what is white people supposed to feel when you say good hair, bad hair, and they know they have good hair? This is why they get that uppity spirit like they're the standard. There's no such thing as good hair, bad hair. Or light skin, dark skin, that's serious. That's still, we still going through that sickness. Folks, we are white people in America. All of us, the same mindset. The black people have it a little better because we have uncles and aunts and brothers and sisters and mothers and fathers that are dark-skinned, and we see the beauty of us. We see that we can do some things. So we're a little better off than a lot of our white brothers and sisters who don't have a relationship with black people. But, but if you watch us really careful... You will see everything that they do to us. Listen to me. Listen to your brother tonight. Everything so-called whites do to us, you will see us doing it to each other. I want y'all to hear me tonight. We don't value ourselves. Where do we get that from? We got that from this system. We're second thoughts. We're always behind the white male. And like uh, Neely Fuller says in his work, okay, I, I don't like to quote other people's work. I like to quote what the Father has given me. But Neely Fuller is on point. In his book, he says, there's only one man in America. I know some of y'all may not like this, but he says there's truly only one man, and that's the white male. Now, the rest of us are men until he come in the room. When he come in the room, it is hard to get the same amount of respect. And I know a lot of our Mothers and sisters and wives, they'll, with the with with words, say that we're respected. They'll even they'll even fight the white man at times. And but watch it real careful. Watch what happens when you say something and when a white man says something. You know, and this is not. There's always an exception to the rule, y'all. Don't don't go send me no emails and stuff. There's always an exception to the rule because a lot of us are waking up and we're pulling off these these cataracts of white supremacy. And and the and the, the way the father gave it to me. Let me say this because we're coming up on our break here. The way the father gave it to me is the only people free. Hear me out. People free of this are people that have traveled around the world either physically or in education. They, some some of us would 
listen to other broadcasts around the world. We'll listen to Africans speak. We'll listen to Africans intellectual. Uh, we listen to all types of African uh, uh, lecturers. We'll listen. We'll listen to dissident voices in the motherland or in, in India or in China even. Uh, we listen to voices outside outside of this maze of white supremacy. But most of us, we're too busy. We don't want to put in the work. And so when we just turn on the TV, even if it's the, <laughs> sorry, even if it's the Animal Channel, even if it's the, uh, I mean, just let's just take the Animal Channel for a second because people say, oh, that's educational, brother. I don't know what you're talking about. Let's just talk about that for a minute. Did you know in the motherland there are people that go around lions and they are not eight? Did you know that there's a science to lion killing people, that they don't always kill people? But if you listen to the West, to white people talk, they make it like lions will kill you. I mean, I'm not going to go test them, obviously, because I don't, I, I don't, I'm not. I'm not that knowledgeable in it, but there are these tribes, and they've shown videos of these people walking right by animals, uh, by lions. It's, it's, it's like you can't be fearful. That's number one. The lions have had to have eight. You don't go around no lion ain't eight, nine years. Obviously, they're gonna they, 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 the, the hunger will overpower whatever's going on in their mind. But if a lion is eight, and and and, and, uh, and I know this is kind of hard. How are you gonna know all that? But I'm just saying the Dogon tribe. I think that's the, that's the name of it is the Dogon tribe. They go around them and they show them many times them going around and not fearful at all, walking by them like it's nothing. And you thinking to yourself, wait a minute, how are they able to walk by the lion? And they know fake videos. I mean, this is this has been going on for thousands of years. Africans, the way they look at animals and the way we look at animals is two different worlds. I'm telling you what I know. Okay, the way they look at science, the way we look at science, it's two different worlds. I'm telling you what I know. And uh, in my, when I've been able to travel, I've traveled, many of you know, by 24 countries, and I've, I'm trying my best, God knows, to break outside of this white supremacist maze because I want to be free. Before I die, I want to see things the way the Father sees things, not the way the so-called white man sees things. Now, everything white people say and do is not bad. It's not even uh, uh, wrong. A lot of a lot of uh, the research, nothing wrong with somebody studying, going to school, learning, applying themselves. Bravo, hand claps, praises, all praises to those people that do that, whatever, whoever they are. But all I'm saying tonight, and what I've been saying for the last, I guess since 2011 really, but especially in this book, what I'm trying to say is, don't put yourself over other people, over other ethnic groups that have been on this earth longer than you. Some of you don't know this. I don't know where you've been, but some of you don't know that before Europe even was booming and had civilization, Africa had dynasties, science, technology, colleges. A lot of you still don't know that. I'm shocked by how many people think they've always been in Europe, they've always been dominant. That's not true. So I like to ask a lot of the white brothers and sisters listening tonight, because I have whites listening to my show. Yes, we do, because they know we ain't spewing no hate. I like to ask you, white, our white brothers and sisters, where are you really from, and how long are you going to continue to promote this 
Uh, I'm from Italy and Spain. How long are you guys going to continue to do that when everybody knows everybody comes from Africa? Then the questions I guess you have to ask to answer this question is, what happened? How did you wind up being the color you are? And, of course, the way I like to say it is we all are from one family, and we lost pigmentation. When we lost pigmentation, let me say it like this without getting into it too deep because i got to go to a break. I've got to bring on the other people. Uh, um, it's going to be sharing again. If you're co-hosting, you're in the house, press 1, and uh, I'll bring you on with my Uncle Ray. Uh, though, again, tonight we have a guest, uh, Ray uh, Reverend Ray Melton uh, is in the house. Actually, Reverend Arthur Ray Melton is in the house. So, brothers and sisters, uh, again, to our white brothers and sisters, because on this show, again, you love. We love all people. Uh, like I said at the end of all of my shows, I love every single one of you, and there is nothing you can do about it. There's a reason I say that at the end of my shows, because I know a lot of times this truth come off as though I'm some black supremacist or some, some hater, and I am not with them people, okay? My mother would turn over in her grave if she heard me preaching hate. I'm not on no hate, um, but, uh, but, but the Father has to set it straight who those people were in the in the Bible. The Father has to set it straight how we became white, why we became white. Notice how I say we, we, not white people over there and us over here. We're the same species, the same human family. So what happened that humans start turning white? We talked about that last show. I'm not going to get into it. So I can hear some of y'all saying, brother, you've not got on the topic that you put out there. If there's no calling Christ, why do we still refer to each other black and white? Well, I did hit it a little bit, but I'm going to hit it even more after the break. So to the person transcribing, I'm going to stop at this point. We're going to go into the phone lines and talk to our guests or any co-hosts that are in the house. I don't see any co-hosts now, so it may just be me and uh, 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 my uncle, Ray Melton, uh, Reverend Ray Melton, talking on this topic. So, Again, you're tuning to the Five Swimstone Network. I'm Brother Seth. I know I've said a lot. I know I may sound a little um, jumpy, go back and forth, but, y'all, these are topics we've discussed in previous shows, and I have to mention them to entice y'all to go back and listen to those shows because we have been talking about this for a while as we promote this book, The Systemic Lies of White Supremacy. It's our world's world. <laughs> Listen, y'all, the systemic lies of white supremacy are our world's ruling religion. Some people say, how are you going to say it's a religion and it's a ruling religion? Our world's ruling? Are you, are you crazy? Listen, there are people that love God they love Jesus just like I did. They was operating the gifts of the Spirit. They believed in miracles. They knew their Bible. And the Father showed me. I, in some ways, was practicing white supremacy, just like I told Dr. C.T. Vivian. And then he showed me most black people I ever have come in contact with is practicing one way or the other. They're either still saying good hair, bad hair. They're still saying, nigga, how can, on God's green earth can you call another human being, especially look like you, a name put on them by our slave master. That is white supremacy. And it's, it's 
all around us. We just say it like it's nothing. No. That was an ugly word straight from the bowels of hell that whites put on us. And if you call another person that, joking or not, I mean, think about it. Do white people call them a name like that? You ever heard an Indian call each other a name like that? How black people think that's normal? It's not. That's white supremacy. You still saying good hair, bad hair? That's white supremacy. You still saying, oh, he too dark? That's white supremacy. You still talking about somebody yellow? We talked about white skin and even how we became the, the, the different skins and that the more melanin, the more healthy you are. We talked about how the sun could kill you if you don't have melanin. It's not to be cute. It's not trying to be cute to be a light or white. I mean, this is this is science. This is serious. You have to have melanin. Now, the sun can be your enemy. So we talked about how we became white. We talked about hair, uh, all the different textures. And Lord knows, y'all got to go back and tune into last week's show. So I'm, I'm going over a little bit. Sorry uh, to the person transcribing. So let's go to the phone lines. Uh, I do see a hand up. So let's do this. Let me bring on my uncle. Then we're coming to your code five one three 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 one. All right. Let, but let's first go to the phone lines and bring on the one and only again, Reverend Arthur Ray Melton. Uh, uncle Ray, your line is open. Uh, Amen. Amen. What did you think of what you heard? Actually, let, let's go to the. Let's get this question first, and then we can talk about yes, what we've heard and this and this particular caller. So hold on a second, Uncle Ray. Just one 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 moment. Okay, Erico five one three 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 one. Your line is open. Who am I speaking with? This is it's your boy, Ambassador Purcell and Del Porsche. <laughs> I'm so glad well, welcome, welcome, uh, Brother yeah. Purcell. <laughs> Say hello Praise to the, the people, y'all. Uh, I'm sure everybody know by now who Purcell is. He's one of the co-hosts. He's so we got one co-host in the house. It's six of them. But every, we don't always get them. So tonight we just got one and my Uncle Ray. So, Uncle Ray, your line is open, and Purcell, your line is open. Purcell, let them know what you, what you think or what you heard, and then we're going to go to my Uncle Ray. Well, of course, every time I hear you talk about this, uh, I get an education, uh, which is why I appreciate you being my friend. I always tell my other friends that, my friends are smarter than me in my circle, and that's a uh, that's a principle that you can take to your circle as well. Because um, if you're the smartest one in your group, then you need to change groups. But at any rate, um, Seth, this thing I heard you talk. I know one of the things you were talking about was um, how long were the were the white going to continue to move with the, uh, the the thought or the idea that they're from this place, they're from that place. Um, and then the other thing that you said in your, in your introduction of your title, you talked about um, um, why are we still here? Hold on. Let me pull it up so that I can, be accurate um, I was just reading it um, and why do we still group ourselves by race 
whether right. it's associated with DNA or social construct. Well, one of the reasons why I believe this is my own personal opinion, because whites have, have been uh, uh, deemed as superior for so long, huh. uh, and without without that thought being challenged. Um, they don't want to let that go. That's not an area that they want the Lord to be Lord of because it takes away, it strips them of a fictitious power. Wow, uh, like I, that. I believe it, it strips them. So I want to hold on to that. You know, some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Um, oh, yeah. When we start talking about being a new creature and, uh, old things have passed away. You know what I'm talking about when some of those old things ain't passed away. There's some of those things that I want to hold on to because I like them. Okay? So, same thing. Um, I can't let go of this power, this fictitious power that I have because so I want to hold on that, hold on to that as long as I possibly can. So I believe that's why we, we're operating. Another reason why I believe we're operating based on race is because just like um, just like time is for us see we couldn't we can't understand eternity so God had to break it up so that we could track time hmm. right same way with this race thing we have to be able to track one another uh, with this whole race card. Um, it's too easy to go to the original plan, which is the human race. There's not enough drama in that. So we have to, we have to have this whole segregation piece to, uh, 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 continue to operate in who we believe we are, right? And I think that's more, I think that's more of a white thing than it is a black thing. Um, but again, that's just me talking. Um, so uh, I'm not a big fan of this whole race thing at all. Um, you've heard me say on the show several times how. Um, much it, it it bothers me that we still have black churches and white churches, but we're supposed to be we are supposed to be brothers and sisters hmm. in Christ. So, um, well, hold that thought for a second because I got a feeling you got more, and I want to hear from you more. But I want to hear from uh, uh, Uncle Ray based upon what you just said and what he's heard. And then we're going to come back to you, and then we're going to go back to him, and then we'll play, take a little break, and uh, we'll go back and do the 30-minute uh, uninterrupted. So, Uncle Ray, you've heard a lot from myself and now from um, Minister Priscilla Porsche from Salt Life Kingdom Ministries. Ambassador Porsche, he go by now. Amen. But you've heard Amen. a lot from the ambassador. So what, what say you? Uh, I, uh, I, matter of fact, I was impressed with uh, quite a few things in which he said, and um, and so therefore, let us cover and really dig deeply within 
our mind. And always re remember there's a dark guest in your heart. Amen? Mm. So, so when you bend your hands and or cut them off, for I have often struck thee with a, with a wayward wheel, but when these fingers should embrace thee by faith, I am not yet won from all crafted glory, created glory, I'm sorry. But however, with honor, wisdom, and esteem of others, for I have a secret motive to, to I my name in all I do, as I repeat that, but I have a, a secret motive to I my name in all I do. But let me not only speak the word sin, but see the things itself that give me to view a discovered sinfulness. To know that through my sins are crucified and they are never wholly modified. And now my second point of it is, is to know as one is known. Amen. He said this. And I, I repeat, in the Christology phase of, of, of time, is that we all have to know one another. To know as one as known. Said one of the areas in which distinct progress has been made in the gospel study since, uh, since written is the fact that we have uh, provided a strong case. I'm talking about racism. At least of these four Gospels falls into the category of ancient Greek, Greece, and Roman biography. Well, one of all the most striking features of these sorts of incident works, whether one thinks or not. But what I'm saying to you today, my brothers and my sisters, is this. If we, ever, if we put our trust in the Word of God, and only my lifelong damage and daily shame on my indwelling and besetting sins, on my tormenting slavery of a sinful heart. Destroy, O oh God, the dark guest within, whose hidden, check this out, whose hidden presence make my life a hell. Yet thou hast not left me, you never left me without grace. This cross still stands and meets my needs in the deepest straits of my soul. So I thank thee that my remembrance of it are like David, sight of the Goliath's sword, which preached forth thou deliverance. So therefore, what I'm saying, my, my brothers today, it, it tells us this. The goodness to his people. The goodness to all. You see, we're talking about racism. We're talking about culture. I don't know how old your guess is, but I'm 75. Soon we'll be 76. And I've gone through a lot. But God has constantly blessed me over and over and over again. If you carry yourself with character, there will be a certain air about you and say, that's a preacher, that's a man. But if you walk around That's like right. you don't care, if, if you do, if you don't care for your fellow man, how in the world can you expect that fellow man to care about you? Life is preordained. 
I have been preordained to be born on a state in July on a certain day, and God has that number for me to come and return back to him. So therefore, when I walk in this world, and we must learn to do that, you walk with dignity. Look that person that's approaching you in the eye and bow your head if you don't do nothing else. I used to get get upset with it, and I always said when I get even with them, I always say, huh, you always want to look at a dirty ground, then look at a beautiful face. That's the same thing God is telling us right now. This this subject is sensitive to each and every last one of you. But God, mm-hmm. but God believes he knows our destiny. He hasn't kept me here to continuously fight this fight of slavery, fight this fight in the 1940s and stuff in that nature. He, he has put me here to encourage my brother and my sister that life is beautiful and God is in control of every situation. To know and one is known, and that known person is the Lord Jesus Christ. We speak of biblical terms, yes. We know not the color. We're not interested in the color of Jesus, of God, but we're interested in his work and his words. And basically what we said, he's good. His goodness is, is for all. So when I say this, that God's goodness is not equal. God is good to all in the same ways, but he's good to some in all ways. I'm, I repeat, he's good to all in some ways, but the good are to some in all ways. Matthew 5 and 4 tells us that give an example of how God is good to all. He causes his son to, to rise on the evil and the good. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, Uncle Ray, yes. yes, I appreciate that. I appreciate that. Now, what we want to do for time's sake, we want to be very, very pointed. I did hear what you said, and I love how you brought the hope there uh, because he Thank will you. cause us to triumph. But when you say Amen. things like, we don't care what color he is, we don't, and you're not you're not thinking, we're, we're, are you thinking that we're doing it on this show, we're putting more emphasis on the color than, uh, no. Um, yeah. Okay. Good. Good. Uh, good. Basically, well, basically, what I'm pointing at is this: we, a child, when you're a child, you do childish things. But when you're mm-hmm. a man, you do. You should have more knowledge and do manly things, Absolutely. because that's mm-hmm. the only that's the only way that he can more or less bring us together, and that is the fact we must not be afraid. God has us in the palm of His hand. He created us. Amen. So the things we do tomorrow, God already knows we're going to do. So walk that line. But I do recognize what you're saying because you really brought out something very true. You're, You're a man enough to more or less tell it like it is. But there is a way. There's a way that we can more or less love one another. And it's very difficult, but we can love one another, and we can love our white brothers. Yes, mm-hmm. we have a, mm-hmm. a racial problem. Yes, we have anger problem. But the bottom line is God can fix it for us. 
We must believe when we step on these coals from a volcano that they will not burn our feet because our heart is already burned already. We need healing. We Not only us, but everyone in this country. I love I, I love speaking on the Word of God in a positive manner. But the bottom line of it is, is I'm not ashamed of anyone, but I will bring them the Word of God and let them know Jesus saves, and he can save you. I know that I, you have additional uh, uh, information to this, so if we, when you want me to stop, just let me know. But the goodness... Well, well let's do this. Let's do this, uh, uh, Uncle Ray. Let's go mm-hmm. in and take the break. And uh, actually, I want to get Purcell in there see if he had any comments. I'm going to come back to you, and you make it no more than about two minutes, and then we're going to take this break, and then we're going to finish up with uh, 30 minutes, and then we're going to come back to you and Purcell, hopefully at the top hour, maybe a little bit afterwards. Brothers and sisters, as you see, we may go over just a little bit, okay? So, Purcell, anything on what you've heard? Uh, about No more than like two minutes, please. I just wanted to say to Uncle Ray, uh, Uncle Ray, right? Absolutely. Okay, that's easy because that's my that's my father's name, Ray. Amen. Uh, so I, I wanted to say to you uh, that was that was awesome. That was so eloquently put. Uh, I appreciate that. I really appreciate, and I definitely appreciate uh, how you pointed us back to the Father because. That's really ultimately what it's all about. Um, And it it is absolutely uh, uh, our responsibility to recognize who we are. I think that's what's going to make the difference. Once we really, really uh, figure out who we are in him, see, we still, we are still, in, in our own in our own flesh, we're still being recognized Amen. by the flesh. Amen. But when we can get to the place where we can recognize ourselves as Him, because the Bible tells us that we were created in His image and after His likeness. Okay. Mm-hmm. Now, once we actually once we actually grasp who we are in Him. Amen. See, that's going to require us to shift our mindset. This is why I love Paul so much in the book, in, 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 in Romans chapter 12, verse number 2. We all know it. It's a very popular scripture. Be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. See, here's what I realized. Once we, uh, once we learn that if we change the way we think, we can change the way, number one, we act, and number two, the way we live. I'm going to say it again. Once we realize that if we change the way we think, we can change the way, number one, we act, and number two, the way we live. Because, see, we have to understand that it's in him that we live, move, and have our being. <clears throat> once we once we grasp the hold to that, all of this other external stuff that we're talking about and we're discussing won't even matter. 
See, but that takes, like you said, when I was when I'm a child, I'm gonna think like a child. I'm gonna do childish things. But when I'm a man, yeah. I do things men do. See, what it's gonna require is for the body of Christ to grow up. Seth knows, and all our listeners know, you all know, that my thrust is the state of the body of Christ. Amen. And we, my brothers and my sisters, are in a sad state of affairs. But it's going to require for us to change the way we think. Amen. Yes. Powerful. 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 Well, listen, brothers and sisters, I appreciate, uh, again, those that have tuned into the uh, broadcast tonight. Again, you tune to the Fast and Stone Network. I'm Brother Seth. We have in the house a Reverend Arthur Ray Melton, as long as as well as um, Minister Purcell Porche. And uh, we're swinging. Again, the topic tonight, if there's no color in Christ, why do we still refer to each other black and white? And I'll add this. When are we going to get to the place where we just call each other brothers and sisters? So what we're going to do is time to take a little short break. Uh, go ahead, Ray. I think he was going to want to jump in there real quick. No, uh, in about two minutes, please. I, 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 I like that question. You just projected at it. It's because of the fact that we have seen our parents from afar, even though they raised us. We couldn't understand the reason why they were so humble. But we understand it now because, number one, the, uh, the, uh, the, uh, the goodness is in all. And the goodness to, uh, to God's people is, is in, in, the, in us all also. And we must be proud of, like, like the gentleman just said, that we, must, we first must know who we are. And be comfortable with, with who we are. So okay. Stand on, stand on the word in the name of Jesus. Amen. Powerful, powerful, powerful. Well, in, anyway, brothers and sisters, we have a lot coming at you, brothers and sisters. I have not yet got into the scriptures like I really want to. I've not yet talked about some things, uh, very practical ways that we can address this because people are saying, you know, we had on the bishop, Bishop uh, Robert uh, Smith, a uh, very prominent, if not the, mo- the most prominent bishop in Arkansas. We had him on this show. And uh, brothers and sisters, y'all remember we had a problem because he kept saying, I'm not a black man. I don't identify with that. And I kept saying, do you have a driving license? He said, well, yes. I said, well, why you got a driving license? If you're just in Christ, you know, and so he thought I was being rude, but I was trying to get him to see that on this earth we need, a driving license. We go to reunions, family reunions, because there is a place we have to know certain things uh, about our flesh. We're not dead. When you're dead, that's when it's all spiritual because you're on the other side. But on this side, we're flesh and spirit, and we could not get Bishop Robert E. Smith to own up to that, and we ended in a kind of a deadlock. So a lot of people are not Again, he was telling us, "I'm not black. I'm not. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't understand." He, he was. He just wasn't getting it. And you might think, "Oh, it's comical. Ha ha ha." No, a lot of people are there. They don't. Under, they don't like Black Lives Matter. They don't want to talk about racism. They don't. And so, how are you going to heal racism if you don't acknowledge that there's a problem? So again, we're going to when we come back, we're going to go a little deeper. That was gear one. We're going to jump to gear three after the break. Again, you've tuned into the Five Smooth Network, and again, we have 
uh, Brother Purcell Purcell Salt Light Kingdom Ministry, as well as my Uncle Ray Melton and uh, Reverend Ray Melton, I might add. And we'll be right back, brothers and sisters. Just a little short little break here. Okay? Be right back. white supremacy are our world's ruling religion before it's over with uh at least if not tonight hopefully uh through the series y'all can see that truly this is a show enough religion all right i enjoyed that little piece by the clark sisters you know i remember a long time ago they made an impression in my life when i used to when i befriended them years ago and uh but we talked about that in the past the clark sisters and karen clark and us me talking and uh, gotten to, to go to Memphis and meeting them at the um, Mason Temple and all. But they are anointed saying, give it to him. And that's what we're going to have to do and not trust in our own flesh. I'm talking to our white brothers and sisters. You know, white privileges, the white privilege is real. And some, I heard a, a white gentleman that was on the show, Brother Troy, that was on our show, and he said that Brother Seth honestly believed. Now, this is a white gentleman that was on the show, and a uh, uh, friend of mine. He said, I don't think a lot of white people is going to let go white supremacy or white privilege to walk in their new identity in Christ. 
because this network they've been in for so long, this benefit, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a club. It's a, they call it the good old boy network. White privilege is real, brothers and sisters. It's real. And you know what? It ain't even about a little benefits monetarily. It, it's just when they show up. They uh, Oftentimes, a lot of us give them more credit. We think they're smarter before they even open up their mouth. A lot of, a lot of us think their lives are better. Uh, just because they have money, that's white supremacy. A lot of, a lot of us, you know, there's some sickness, and I've talked about this so-called black self-hate. That's what this black psychologists call it, black self-hate that's produced from literally white supremacy. Um, let's go ahead and uh, and just alert the grabber. We're going to start up now, and we'll go to a little bit after 10. Uh, since we're going to go out to 10, I might as well tell uh, the, the listeners online and on the phone lines that, remember, at 10 o'clock, Blog Talk really is going to shut you off. If you're listening online, you have to call the phone number to keep listening to the show. So when, if it, when it's going to get good. But remember, if you're sitting there on your own line and you listen to your computer, it's going to shut off at 10. You're going to have to wait till the show go off, and then you can have to fast forward to the end. Well, save yourself all that by calling the phone number, and you can listen. We're going to roll over just a little bit. We ain't going too much after 10, brothers and sisters. So let's get into it. 30 minutes uninterrupted. we got to go deep. But I want Purcell to read some, uh, read, do some reading for me. So I'm going to open up his line. I'll leave Uncle Ray's closed because um, uh, Purcell is a part of the transcriber. So Purcell, as you read, uh, transcriber, please do it as though it's me talking, okay? Everything he say, because you're just going to be reading, all right? So, Purcell, go ahead, if you could, and start uh, and read Second Corinthians 5. And if you can start at, uh, please, um, I think you should start at verse 14. Everybody listen. This is the scriptures. This is how we are to see each other. Okay, Especially I, those of us born again. Do you prefer I read it in King, King James, James Version? Version? And by the way, brothers and sisters, I know I'm just one guy, but I've told you about the King James, New King James Version and the NIV. They are attacking so-called Afrocentricity. Any kind of anything great about Africa, African Americans. That we're bringing out in the Bible, like I talked about last week with Leviticus 13 and how the how white skin was introduced in the Bible, where y'all could see it clear as day. They've erased a lot of those scriptures, so be careful reading the NIV. It's best to just read the King James Version and have those other translations. But just know that NIV, these people, they regular everyday people. And they have an agenda to silence any type of movement, uh, like J.L. JL uh, Hoover said. I uh, can't think of the one guy over the FBI. They want to stop the rise of a black messiah or of a black movement. And so many key things we've learned about the scriptures and the NIV and the New King James Version had literally changed those words. We did a show on that, but I can't get into it now. Please, at verse 14. Verse 4, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse number, starting at verse number 14, reads as follows. For the love of Christ constraineth us, 
because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Hold on. And that he... Hold on. Did y'all hear those last four words? How on God's green earth can we all be dead? Don't just read these scriptures and go, oh, that's a cute scripture. Let's go to the next one. No. What does that mean? Then we're all dead? One more time, Priscilla. Uh, For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. Keep going. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Keep going. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, Yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Brothers and sisters, if you really are a Christian or a believer or a follower of Christ, and you're serious with your walk with the Father, I'm not saying you've got to be perfect. I'm just talking about your heart is perfect. You've got to have a perfect heart. I don't mean your actions going to always be perfect. Just look at David and any of the holy uh, patriarchs of the Bible. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. That's talking about your last name. That's talking about where you're from, your nation. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh. Yes, we did. He from, you know... Born in Bethlehem, you know, can anything good come out of Nazareth? Okay, that's all flesh. It's a yet now, henceforth, know we him no more. Because he's now a completely different person. He's been, the Father has given him rank. The Father has put all things under him. He now sits in heavenly places. Oh, I know this sounds spooky, but put it like this. The Bible says (laughs) that the Father told the Son, sit here on my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. (laughs) He is not the same Christ that walked the earth. He's been elevated. And then we have been put in him. I know it sounds weird. But it's like when a woman marries a man, her name disappears, her last name, and she becomes one. We are now Christ. We literally are Christ. Apostle yes. Paul said in yes. Romans 6, and I'll jump and go right back to Purcell, but he says in Romans 6 and 7, he talks about how that we don't exist no more, but he says, we, he says, mortify therefore your members that are upon the earth. He talks as though we're sitting in heavenly places in Christ. I know it sounds a little spooky, y'all, but stay with me. If the Father say, 
we sit in heavenly places. Just shut up and just get with the program. I know it sounds spooky, but our identity is in one place while our body's up on the earth. And he tells us, since our flesh is not saved, that mortify your deeds up on the earth. In other words, control your body by this resurrected spirit. Take the power that you've been given and keep your flesh under that we've been given, that we tap until we read the scriptures and we spend time with the Father. We're supposed to take that energy and make our flesh obey. But we are not our flesh. Let me say it another way. Paul said, with the inward man I serve God, and with the outward man, which is not saved, it still craves this world. So when we see Christ, that's why we get new bodies, because our bodies are not saved. I know it's a little deep, but it's it's tight, as they say, but it's right. Go ahead, uh, Priscilla, one more time, read 16, and then go on down to 17, please. One more time, 16. Okay. Wherefore, henceforth, know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if we any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. One more time. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself, by Christ, by Jesus Christ, and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Now, let me stop just for a second. Hold on a second. Brothers and sisters, the name of the show is If There's No Color in Christ, Why Do We Refer to Black and White? Folks, we have a major, major problem in America and really in our world. We're trying to kill each other. White people have bought the lie that they are a group of people based upon their skin. We bought the same lie that they are, and we black, and we different. The Bible never says God separated people based upon skin color. So now that means This is a social construct. In other words, it was made up. It's constructed. It took flight around 1681, around Bacon's Rebellion, when the New World began to flourish and they began to pass out land. They promised the indigenous service that came from Europe, 100 acres and I think like five mules. Instead of 40 acres and a mule, they they was promised something like 100 acres, and and I forget, like five mules. They promised them wealth, and there was a problem with the distribution. The Indians and and, and a gentleman by the name of Nathaniel Bacon, just simply Google 
and do research. Just don't Google them. Just read three paragraphs. Really read up on Bacon's Rebellion. Nathaniel Bacon led the first big rebellion in the new world called America. And they created this new underclass called black to appease those that was rebelling. And that's when the slave trade started. They started classifying these new people coming over on on slave ships as black. And the rest is white. It was a joke at first. They kept saying it. They kept saying it. They kept saying it. And now it has taken the world by storm, black and white. It has nothing to do with science. Scientists say every day it's a joke. God is nowhere in the Bible. And we about to kill each other because we think we black and they white. Truth of the matter is, they're Africans. Just like we are. Africans who lost pigmentation. Us who lost pigmentation. They are us, we are them. There is no white people, black people. We are the same people from that garden. We're the same mom and daddy. I talked y'all last week about how humans lost their pigmentation in the book of Leviticus chapter 13 under something called leprosy. We still use that term today, but it has absolutely nothing to do with what Leviticus 13 is talking about. That leprosy and the leprosy today is two different things we talked about last week. This ain't no hate because I believe we are them, so I be hating my own self. I'm talking about the evolution of white skin. Purcell just read, my goodness, my goodness. Y'all go back and listen to last week's show. I can't talk about it now. Purcell just read that if any man be in Christ, which is what happens when you believe the gospel and accept Christ into your life, how can this be? It says that if you're in Christ, he is a new creature. It says old things have passed away, not going to pass away when he do right. In the old holiness church, the way we was raised, they, be, they was talking to teaching it like, uh, yeah, it's passed away if you, old things should be passed away now, you don't, you born again, you should no, 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 this don't have nothing to do with you and your works this don't have nothing to do with living holy right here, this particular scripture this is saying, you. this is what you got when you became born again, and because you've been made righteous and holy you're supposed to live right in your flesh. We're going to read it. Don't worry. It's going to actually say that. Again, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Stop. How are you new? You go down to the altar. You get this faith to believe if you really believe. Everybody go to the altar. Ain't ain't born again. I don't believe that. Just because you go to the altar and you cry, it doesn't mean you're born again. You have to believe the gospel. You have to believe Christ came, lived, died, rose again. You have to believe it. The only way you're going to believe it is the Father gives you faith. The Bible says that so that you won't be able to boast. So you won't. It's not of works. So He gives you this faith for those that go to the altar and they get that faith to believe. They are born again. The Bible says that the Father receives them. Folks, you ain't got to listen to me. Just listen to what it says. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things have passed away. But listen to this. Behold, all things are become new. Let's just say the holiness people that when I was raised 
and they did most things right, but this is one thing I think we missed as holiness people. I think the Baptists got this right. We were taught that, oh, you know, no, 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 you're a new creature if you obey. But listen to the scripture. It says, behold, all things are become new. How can, I've never seen a saint that lives so righteous that I can say all things have become new. I don't see some pretty good living people, starting with my mother. But how can you say this about any believer you've ever seen or heard, Mother Teresa, any of them? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Now, people say, well, I'm new. I'm born again. Yes, you are. I've seen it. I've, I've, I experienced it myself. But can you say this? Old things have passed away. What the holiness people say, that means, honey, you can't live the life you used to live. Okay, let's say they're right. All right, what about this part? Behold, all things are become new. And listen, verse 18 makes it even more higher. It raises stakes even higher. I want you all to really listen to me tonight. We're talking about this racism, and chapter 8 in the book is going to give a solution. This is a solution to our race problem. If we can see ourselves the way the Father sees us and see ourselves in Christ and get out of the color, get out of the black, get out of the white, and see ourselves as brothers and sisters, and really be loyal to that identity, how can either one of us be racist? How can whites think they're superior if they're saying we're one? Therefore, if any man be in Christ, thank you, Priscilla. I'm going to read the rest of this and move on. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are new. All things are of God. All things are of God. How can all things be of God? That's what gets me, that one right there. How can, who, what Christian, pastor, deacon, a bishop can say all things are of God now? No, this is a spiritual position. This is what we have inherited in our spirit. There's another scripture that talks about 1 John 3, how that those of us that are born again, we have received the seed. I would love to read that. It says you can't sin. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Purcell, I, I know you've read, brother, but I want you to get 1 John 3. Because I'm trying to build something. I'm trying to get people to see that what the Father is talking about and what holiness people talk about living holy, you can't live holy enough to be what we're reading. It's impossible. So this is a gift. The Bible says righteousness is a gift. It's not something you can work for. You're supposed to live right because you are holy. You're supposed to live right because he has taken away your sin. Not so you live right and, and then he'll take away your sin. No, he have already taken away your sin. In the flesh, yes, we've sinned, but I'm saying in our spirit, it don't know sin. We have been forgiven, past, present, and future. So, yes, we've sinned in our flesh. That's why Apostle Paul says in Romans 7, with the flesh I serve the law of sin and death. Romans 8, excuse me. But he says, I seek the Father with my inward man. Uh, Percy, did you get that yet, First John 3? If you could, move on down where it says it. Uh, just let me know when you got First John 3 here. I got it. Okay, First John 3, brothers and sisters, I want you all to listen to this. 
Now, is the Bible contradicting itself? It's about to talk about you can't sin. Now, all of us know, wait a minute, I just sinned this morning. So what could it be talking about? When the Father showed me this boy that set me free, I'm telling you it's a gift. Righteousness is a gift. We're already born again. Those of us that accept Christ and really believe, not just went down and shut the pastor's hand and crying, that ain't going to do it. You got to believe and you have to receive. And you are born again, especially if you and confess Christ, of course. I'm going a little fast here. All right. Um, okay. Brother, I want you to start at verse one, verse 1. And just read through it. Y'all listen to this. Again, we're talking about if there's no color in Christ, why do we still refer to it as black and white? And what I'm doing is I'm, I'm building the stage. I'm building up. I'm, I'm building. I'm trying to show how those people that are in Christ really and truly is one. That's why we call each other brothers and sisters. If y'all don't believe what I'm saying, I understand. Quit calling each other brother and sister. Don't say brother. Milton, Brother Purcell, Brother Seth, just call me Seth. I'm not your brother if you don't believe this right here, because how can we be related? You ain't got the same mom and dad I got. You're not related to me. So quit calling me brother if you don't believe this, because through his blood, through his death, bezel, death burial, resur- and resurrection, we'll go too fast here, y'all. But we have been born again through the Spirit. That's why we call each other brother and sister. That's why we say the body of Christ. It's only one body. It ain't you over here in the body over there. If you're in the body of Christ, you're righteous. It's a gift. It's not like, well, I'm working to be righteous. Oh, Lord. No, you're either righteous or you're not. It's not based on work. It's a gift. You either have the gift or you don't. And the gift comes when you get the spirit. Priscilla is about to read about the spirit that we're given that can't sin. It can't sin. So we say, well, I just seen another day. I cut somebody out. Well, you shouldn't have did that, first of all. And you've been acknowledged. You've been commanded not to do that. So go ahead and receive the Ask the Father for forgiveness, which he is faithful and just, and he will do it every time. Ask him for forgiveness. Receive the forgiveness. And quit cussing people out. But you're not, and not cussing them out, that doesn't what makes you righteous. If you never cuss nobody out, your righteousness is at filthy rags. You have to be given righteousness. Purcell, verse 1. Mm-hmm. Verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore the world knoweth us not, because it knew him not. Beloved, Stop right there. Oh, oh, Purcell, Purcell, I'm sorry. Listen, don't just keep reading and saying, oh, this is nice. This is a cute little scripture. It said, therefore, the world knoweth us not. What I'm talking about right now, some of y'all don't even know this. So if you knoweth us not, you know the world knoweth us not. That's what it's talking about. They don't know us. Some of you don't even know us. You don't know this about us. Keep reading, please. Beloved. Now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be, but we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. 
and every man. Now hold on a second, because I know somebody's thinking this. Hold on, hold on. I know somebody's thinking this. When it says beloved, now we the sons of God, but they do it not yet appear what we shall be. Some of you saying, well, brother, we ain't there yet. We ain't there yet. See, it says right there, it does not appear what we shall be. Now it's about to tell you something that we got right away. It's just saying. It does not yet appear what all else we shall be. And it does not yet appear what else we shall be or all that we shall be. It goes on to say, but we know that when we sh- when he shall appear, we shall be like him. Absolutely. And that's when we get the new bodies. But don't worry. It's going to say it. Keep reading, please. But well, we shall see him as he is. That's important. And every man that has this hope in him purifies himself, even as he is pure. Whosoever committeth sin transgresseth also the law, for sin is the transgression of the law. And ye know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in, in him is no sin. Now hold on a second. Stop right there. That's deep. Whosoever committed sin transgressed also the law. For sin is the transgression of the law. You're about to read in a little bit. It's going to say we're not under the law. Romans 8 talks about for the law of, 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 of life in Christ has made us free from the law, that's what this talking about in verse 4, of sin and death. So those of us that believe it in Christ have been set free from this law. So whosoever committed sin transgresses also the law. You're going to read about who that is here in a second. All right? Now, keep, stay with me now one more time. When it says, whosoever committed sin transgresses also law, everybody listening on the sound of my voice saying, that's me. That's me. That, no, that's me. It can't be you. Not if you're born again. Now, you say, Seth, you're tripping. You don't lost your mind. I know. How it sounds like that, don't it? But watch what's about to happen. You're going to find out that whosoever committed sin also transgresses the law for sin is a transgression of the law. It says it right there in verse 5, and you know that he was manifested to take away our sin, and in him is no sin. Well, if you in him, there is no sin. But don't worry. It's going to get even clearer. It's going to get even clearer. You're going to understand exactly what I'm saying. Everybody that read verse 4 think that's them. Believers think that's them. Whosoever committed sin. Well, I know I committed sin last Monday. Well, you just need to be educated. You probably go to a dead church and you're not taught about power and how to overcome your flesh. And it's beating, it's getting the best out of you. Probably all your life. You probably never learned about power. Probably die like that. But that don't mean that you are under the law, especially if you trust in Christ. The Bible says the just shall live by faith. And if you have faith in Christ and you believe in him, you're not under the law. You're under grace. But go ahead. Keep reading, Purcell. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. Whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, neither known him. Stop. Now, y'all understand what I'm saying. <laughs> y'all about to really hear some serious scriptures here. This going to mess with your theology. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not. 
some of y'all thinking, Priscilla and I had this conversation some day. Some of you are saying, that's, that's talking about uh, 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 you got to abide in Christ now. You, oh, you got to abide in Christ. You almost, no, because it goes on to say, whosoever sinneth had not seen him. So if you sin it, you ain't even seen him. No, no, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. I don't see him now. It says that whosoever sinners have not seen him, neither known him. Well, I see him now, but I know him. Wait a minute. The Bible cannot contradict itself. So this is what I'm trying to share with the listeners tonight. I'm trying to show how we are truly dead in Christ. Listen to your brother. Please hear me out. When it says abide this in him, it's talking about through faith. We have been placed in Christ. That's what it's talking about. Whosoever abides in him sinneth not. That's not talking. It's, it's because you've been made righteous through this gift. He's placed his spirit in us. It's not of us. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, it's foreign. It is new. It's the new creature that's been born again that's, that's totally new. Our old man in our spirit is gone. We have been made new. That person cannot sin. So when it says in, in him is no sin, it's talking about this new creature. Now watch this. When it says whosoever sinneth hath not seen him, what it's saying is if you have that spirit, Priscilla is getting ready to read that that spirit that's been placed in you cannot sin. So if you have sin, that means you don't have this spirit. That means you, you need to be born again. So once you're born again, that spirit cannot sin. If you do sin, that just means you ain't born again because if you got his spirit, it that spirit does not sin. Now, does your flesh crave sin? Absolutely. But the Bible says like this, though our outward man perish, our inward man is renewed day by day because that inward man is something put in you from the Father. That's why it says, now do you understand the scripture that says, he that is born in Christ is a new creature in Christ, old things are passed away. It's talking about your spirit. If you're born again, you didn't get new feet. I know they got a song, looked at my hands and my hands look new, looked at my feet and my feet did too. I know they, got, I know they sing about that. But there's a part of us that's born again that cries, Abba, Father. Even when you sin, if you're really born again, a part of you is saying, Oh, Father, help me, Father. Help me, Father. I want to ask you something. For those of you that think you're going to hell because you, you, you're craving sin or you've done some really bad things, if something inside of you is craving the Father and it's truly his spirit, how does he look putting you in hell with that in you too? I've always wanted to ask a pastor that or a preacher that when I was younger. If something is in you is crying out of Father because it's of the Father and he put that in you and it's not tainted and can't be tainted because it's born of the Father and it can't sin per se getting ready to read, why should he throw that in hell? This is why we need that new body that we're going to get when we see Christ. One more time, whosoever abideth in him, that means live in him because of your faith, Whosoever to abide in him, sin it not. I tell people all the time, a part of me has never sinned. Part of me cries, Abba, Father. Folks, I'm telling you what I know. Whosoever sinneth have not seen him. Amen. 
neither known him, amen, because they don't have that spirit. Anyway, it goes on to say, Purcell read verse 7. Little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteousness is righteous, even as he is righteous. He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. Whosoever is born of God doth not sin, I'm sorry, doth not commit sin, for his seed remaineth cannot sin. Because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest. And the children of the devil, whosoever doeth not righteous, is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. For this okay. is the message. Hold on a second, Priscilla. I'm sorry, I got distracted here at home, and I, you got to read a little further than I wanted. But listen, brothers and sisters, again, tonight, we're talking about if there's no color in Christ, why do we still refer to each other as black and white? I went on to say in the show description, how do we deal with racism, racial injustice, and all this? This right here is a backbreaker. If we can get this right here and see that, this brother, brother Seth, is, is on to something. The Father really do see us as Christ. He sees who we are in the spirit. Yes, we're in a body on the earth, but he has con- condemned life in the flesh. So now he looks at the spirit. And we're supposed to, because we're righteous and holy in the spirit, we're supposed to live like that in the body. Mirror the right. We live right because we're holy. We don't live right to, righteous to be holy. Yes, he said, be ye holy. But he's saying, imitate what you already are. I like how Apostle Paul does it. He rebukes the saints in 1 Corinthians 5 who were sleeping with their father's mother. Some crazy sexual sins. And he says, what are you doing? He says, listen, when y'all come together, this person is out of control with his sexual sin. Turn him over to Satan that his spirit might be saved. Because if he keeps sinning, he keeps sinning, he may lose his faith in terms of not even, because if you reject the Father, you get, you get stupid enough to reject the Father, he's not going to force his righteousness on you. So if you're somewhere, you're so possessed with the devil, you reject him, he's a gentleman, then you're rejecting your own salvation. So he said, turn this person over to Satan for the destruction of their flesh, that they may be saved in the day of the Lord. They're going to be saved. So the person that was sleeping with his father's mother, the saints were supposed to come together. I don't know how they turned him over to, to Satan because our 
preachers and pastors don't even know nothing about this, and nobody do this, and a lot of things that the old saints did. But there was a way. They could turn him over to Satan. That is, that is, that for the destruction of his flesh, destruction of his flesh means he's going to die. And there was a, that, they, that his spirit may be saved. So he was going to end up being with the saints in the end. That his spirit may be saved. And he, had, he was sleeping with his father's mother. And the way holiness people teach, if you're doing that, you're going straight to hell. Pastor Paul didn't say it like that. And then other times when he was rebuking people that was doing something similar, he said, what are y'all doing? You're holy. You're righteous. What are you doing? See, we don't talk like that today. If people are doing crazy stuff, we say they're not saved because of what their flesh is doing. Folks, we are dead in a sense in terms of the way the Father look at us. Our identity, he no longer look at us as he did in the Old Testament where every man, every man, stood, every man had to work for his righteousness through offerings of sacrifices and bulls and goats. And It's not like that no more. Christ was our lamb. I'm going to quickly uh, have Priscilla read a few more. I'm going to read a few more. We're going to go back to our guests. And uh, uh, and the phone lines, anybody on the phone lines have a question, comment? Now it's time to press one, and we'll we'll come to you. But brothers and sisters, I know this is a lot of mumbo jumbo to some of y'all that don't read your Bibles, but this is real. And guess what? This is throughout the scriptures. I have over two hundred scriptures that say basically what I'm saying: that we are dead, our life is hid. One scripture says this: in Him we live, we move. And we have our being. One more time. There's another scripture that says, in him we live, we move, we have our being. But Purcell just read, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. Some people say, well, what? Stop right there, brother. It's saying right there, if you don't do righteousness, it's talking about your spirit, man. Remember, Apostle Paul was saying, things he hated, he find himself doing. Hey, what did Apostle Paul hate? He said, but the good that he wanted to do, he had, was struggling doing good. And he went on to say, oh, wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from what? What did he say? From the body. It's our body that craves sin. And then he went on to say, I, oh, I thank the Father. He said, so with my inward man I serve the Father, and with my flesh it craves this world. Then he goes on to say, there is therefore now no condemnation. Paul didn't get saved between Romans 7 and Romans 8. The same Paul that say he struggled to do right in his uh, in his flesh, but his, he craves God in his inward man, he said in Romans 8, there is therefore now no condemnation to them that are what? In Christ. I rest my case. Mm-hmm. So Romans uh Seven, when it says, little children, let no man deceive you. He that doeth righteous is righteous, even as he is righteous. It's talking about the spirit craving righteousness, not the flesh. A lot of people can't handle it. They feel like, oh, you're saying like, you know, you, we can just sin, sin, sin. That's not what I'm saying. Verse 8, he that committed sin of the devil. I sin of the day. No, not your spirit. Your flesh craves this word. It's saying... He that sins of the devil is talking about the flesh. 
For the devil sent him from the beginning. For this purpose was the Son of God manifested that he might destroy the works of the devil. Here we go. How would he destroy the works of the devil? How is Christ going to destroy the works of the devil? Whosoever is born of God doeth not commit sin. Boom. That set me free. Oh, my God. A gentleman by the name of Andrew Womack introduced these scriptures to me, but the Father showed me even deeper. But that brother saved my life because I was raised in a holiness church. And what they would say is if you sin and Father comes right while you sin, you're going to hell. They made it like you control whether or not you are gods or not. And that's not true. God gives you the faith. Most I give the faith to believe. You believe and he receives you. And you, he gives, the Bible says he gives you the gift of righteousness. And watch what happens. It's okay. You don't have to believe me. Listen to what this verse is saying. Whosoever born of God does not commit sin. Are you born of God? Then you do not commit sin. If, if what I'm saying is, if, let's just say for some reason I'm off, I'm wrong. Then who does, who does this refer to? Everybody we know commits sin. Who going to make it? David going to make it? Apostle Paul going to make it? Is Peter going to make it? Whosoever is born of God do not commit sin. Well, all I'm saying, well, you trying to say they weren't born of God? Folks, it's talking about the inward man. It goes on to say, for his seed remaineth in him, and he cannot sin because he is born of God. In this, the children of God are manifest, amen, and the children of devils manifest. Whosoever doeth righteous, is talking about the Spirit, is whosoever doeth not righteous is not of God. You say, well, I, 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 don't, I, don't did, I, I ain't always did righteous now. <laughs> well, you're not of God then, if that's what you think. But I submit to you, brothers and sisters, it's saying spiritually is manifested the spirit of the devil, the children of the devil, and the children of God. Whosoever doeth righteousness, whoever doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither is he that loveth not his brother. People that are born of God love. I don't care how much people say they love the Father. I'm talking about the spirit of them. Anyway, time has got out of hand. I can go, I can hit this harder, deeper. To the gentleman transcriber, we're going to have to pick up this and do this a part two because I have not read half the scriptures. I got about, I'm not exaggerating, y'all. I got about, really, about 113 scriptures. All of it saying the same thing. We're new. We're new. We don't need Our life is hid. Our life is hid. I'm telling you, so many scriptures. Ephesians 2 and 6, for those of you who want to read up more. I'm talking about Acts 17, 28. I'm talking about all of 2 Corinthians 5, Colossians 2, 10, and it goes on and on and on. Read all Ephesians 5. Read the whole New Testament. <laughs> That's all Paul talked about, the new man, the new man, the new man, the new man. Brothers and sisters, matter of fact, and I'm coming to you, y'all. I'm trying my best to come to our guests, um, Uncle Ray and Brother Purcell. But let me just say this. Apostle Paul preached this, and he had to start Romans 6 like this. He said, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin 
that grace may abound? Because people were saying, Apostle Paul, you sound like you just saying we can just sin, sin, sin. So he started it with, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? He goes on to say, how shall we that are dead to sin keep doing it? If the Father made us dead to it, why should we in our flesh keep doing it? <laughs> I have 113 scriptures saying this in all Philippians, Ephesians, Colossians. Paul says it over and over and over and over. We are dead. Our life is here. Our life is here. That's why we get baptized, brothers, to demonstrate what happened to us in the natural. We went down into the water, and the person came out in the water is a new creature. And that thing that come up out of that water, that, of course, the water represents it, is born of God. It don't crave sin. The Bible says it, it, it cries, Abba, Father, isn't there a part of you? That cries, oh, Father. You don't even know what Abba means. You just say, oh, Father in English. But you say, Abba, Father. That's because you're born again. You're the righteousness of God in Christ, though. Your flesh is not saved. Brother Priscilla, Priscilla, I'd love to know your comments, and then we're going to my uncle, and we're wrapping up the show. Um, Reverend Ray Melton, your line is now open. Love to know your comments after Purcell. Uh, you guys, you really turned a uh, you covered a lot of territory there, but your constant question was, you know, the bottom line of it is, we when if you give your life to Jesus and trust Him, just like Hebrews chapter eleven, you know, fear, you know, faith, faith is things that hope for. They may not be seen, but they are things that when you when you concentrate on the Word of God and use its references, which is in the book itself, not within yourself, but in the book, because we didn't write this book, but it does tells you which way to go. And before I get off of the fact uh, in reference to if you spoke of uh, uh, the NIV in reference to the Bible. The reason why you have all these different variables in the in, in, in the NIV is because I think it was in 1952 there was 500 changes to the book of NIV, and that and basically 500 changes. Now, if you go back to the King James version, there's only been one change in all these hundreds of years. But what I'm simply saying to you, and to, to, to everyone that might listen, trust Jesus and lean not on your own understanding. I have five books in front of me right now on which direction. I didn't know which direction you wanted to go. But there's no way in the world I could more or less expound on that in reference to the subject you were dealing with with racism, but I could, but I'm not going to do that. But I, I convince you, my brother, my nephew, continue meditating on the word. And I guarantee when you go back and you read that word that you just say tomorrow morning or either tonight in your sleep, God is going to give you another vision, another door to go through. 
And the only thing that we can tell us when we're going through that book, Lord, forgive me of my sins and have mercy on my soul. Please save me. Have mercy on me in the name of Jesus. I thank you for having me as your guest tonight. I pray in the name of Jesus. My brother, it's a pleasure uh, uh, listening to you. I hope one day we'll have an opportunity to meet and we can carry this conversation on again and again and again. May God bless you. Are you there? Hello. I was just saying. I was just saying. Appreciate that. Really appreciate that. And uh, Purcell, you have words to uh, Uncle Ray before you leave. Purcell. Sometimes we step yeah. away from the phones, and we he didn't realize you was uh, going to be calling on. But listen, Uncle Ray, I really appreciate your attendance tonight. I know it went over a little bit. Hopefully it didn't bother you too much. I know you probably early bird. Yeah. But, folks, again, this is very important. Racism is the biggest social, is, is the biggest threat yeah. to us getting along with our yeah, so-called white brothers and sisters and really with each other because self-hate is real. And all of that is uh, self-hate is birthed out of this white supremacy. So this is serious. Even if no white people was around, we just need to be taught because of the self-hate we have toward each other, where we learned it from the philosophy of white supremacy. So thank you, Uncle Ray. Appreciate you. Can I, can I read one paragraph before you leave? Go right ahead. Okay. As long as there is oppression and discrimination between the minority of the majority of the ethnic group, the rich and the poor, the blacks and the whites, justice and injustice, fairness and foul play. There will always be power struggles between the two factions. But during this human struggle to establish and maintain justice and fair practice in the society between the two factions, which is minority versus majority, black versus white, there is bound to be a rise in the leadership from the minority group of the blacks. Hallelujah. Black race to maintain justice conformity and uniformity in the system. But it is always the majority, black and non-white, who often complain about the oppression by the whites or the Caucasian race, where the two races occupy the same territory. That's a good example is redlining right now. It is often the black who control the composition of the majority that always speak out against victimization and oppression by the white in such society. As soon as the white man snatches power from the black man, oppression starts. That's this change. Our force will take over a power by the white man from the black man. But I want to get to this. Black men, have, uh, blacks, have spoiled the black, uh, the white race. You know what? By hospitality, kindness, courtesy. And the white have taken that to be a weakness. I close it on that. I just, that would be a, I, I thought about what you said about 20 minutes ago, and I just wanted to read that, okay? All right. Thank powerful, you for, thank powerful. You well, thank you again. And everybody right. that was the one and only out of Dallas, Texas, the one and only Reverend Arthur Ray Melton, mm-hmm. all the way from Dallas, Texas, and we have Priscilla Prochet giving us the closing comments, please. Well, uh, we definitely uh, we definitely set a mouthful on tonight. 
Um, it's a lot of lot of meaty, meaty, meaty stuff there. Uh, I would encourage everyone who was under the sound of the scriptures that were read by me, myself, and, and Seth, I would encourage you to go back to uh, read these scriptures in what's called the Passion Translation. This has turned out to be one of my favorite, trans, actually my favorite translation. <clears throat> it is uh, it is an awesome, awesome reading. Um, this whole struggle, if you will, with this race piece, uh, white supremacy, uh, self-hate, all of this stuff, again, I say, has to do with the fact that we don't know who we are. Whoever is struggling in that area, you don't know who you are. And you certainly don't know whose you are. So I would admonish you to, like the scripture said, we'll begin to see him. We'll see him as he is. I would encourage you to seek the Lord that you would see him as he is. It is then that you will be able to understand. Uh, what That is then when all of this, again, like I said earlier, this external stuff, this fleshy stuff, this abominable uh, mentality will be of none effect. Um, and I want to, I want to, if I may, read those last two scriptures that we read over in Second. Uh, hold on, let me go back. We read in Second Corinthians, um, chapter five. Uh, I want to read verses 16 and 17 in the Passion Translation. Um, well, let, me, let me do that, if that's okay. Um, let's start at 15. So that those who live should no longer live self-absorbed. Lives but no, should no longer live self-absorbed lives, but lives that are poured out for him. The one who died for us and now lives again. Verse 16. So, from now on, we refuse to evaluate people merely by their outward appearances. For that's how we want to view the anointed one. But no longer do we see him with limited human insight. Now, if anyone is enfolded into Christ, he has become an entirely new person. All that is related to the old order has vanished. Behold, everything is fresh 
and new. Verse 18. And God has made all things new and reconciled us to himself and given us the ministry of reconciliation, of reconciling, I'm sorry, reconciling others to God. In other words, it was through the anointed one that God was shepherding the world, not even keeping record of their transgressions. And he has entrusted to us the ministry of opening the door of reconciliation to God. We are ambassadors of the anointed one who carry the message of Christ to the world as though God were tenderly pleading with them directly through our lips. So we tenderly plead with you on Christ's behalf. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. For God made the only one who did not who did not know sin to become sin for us, so that we might become the righteousness of God through our union with him. Amen. 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 Let us be Amen. reconciled. Turn back to God, man. You heard the scripture. Turn back to God and be reconciled to him. Get your mind right. Change the way you think so you can change the way you live and change the way you act. This is serious, man. This is serious. This is important for the body of believers, black and white. Black and white. Amen. We need to go, turn back to him. Amen. 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 It's that simple, y'all. Well, really. It's, it's, it's that simple. It's your boy, Ambassador Purcell Lindell Porsche, all the way out of Cincinnati, Ohio, from Salt Life Kingdom Ministries, where we believe in bringing the saltiness back to the believer through rightly dividing the word of truth and kingdom principles. God bless you. I love you. There's not a thing you can do about it. Amen, Purcell. Thank you. Thank you for both of you. And again, I'll, as as I say before every show, as Purcell just said, we love every single one of you. I do mean every ethnic group. Don't misunderstand the message. There's no hate in anything said tonight. Okay. Um, what are y'all going to do with those scriptures I have to share? Again, it said it. His seed remains in you, and you can, and, and he cannot sin. If it's not what I'm saying, what is it saying? Trust me, brothers and sisters. We are new creatures. We probably should change our name when we become born again, and that's how we're supposed to relate to each other. You know, having homage and dedication to our so-called race causes problems especially if it's man-made. That's why I say so-called black, so-called white. This last song I'm going to play, I'm just going to play a little bit of it. Remember when I was was leaving Israel, having, uh, again, the Father uh, blessed me to understand that we so-called African-Americans are one of the lost tribes of Israel. We are the people of that Bible. I was leaving my first visit, and I heard five black men in their 60s with the guitar 
sang this song. It's not in English, but I said to the, my taxi driver, what is that song? And y'all know me. I don't I don't make over songs unless it's really something. I'm just not one of those guys. Just, I mean, there's a few songs I make over, but I couldn't leave. And I was ready because I got to the airport. But I said, what is that song right there? And it was like the Most High was letting me know, yes, 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 you and these people in Israel are one of the lost tribes of Israel. It's like a confirmation. I already knew I was an Israelite based upon Scripture and the prophecy we fulfill as African Americans. But when I heard this song, this is what I mean by you got to sometimes hear it for yourself from the Spirit, from the Most High, because I know I said a lot of things tonight that sound controversial or whatever, but, folks, you got to hear it from the Father. Ask him, does this broadcast, what does it have to do with your salvation? Is there anything said tonight pay homage to? Our so-called white brothers and sisters, you may be profiting from white privilege, but it's poison and it's ungodly and it's evil. You've got to embrace truth. You've got to help some of us so-called black people because we don't believe our own. We don't believe Brother Seth. We'll believe it. Some of us will believe you. You must tell them the truth. You must tell them the truth. Uh, uh, when you see the lies in white supremacy, tell them, uh, educate them, because some of them will only hear you. Y'all check out this powerful song in Hebrew by African Americans that, that left the United States in 1967, claiming to be Israel, owning Israel, and now residing in South Israel. Uh, Powerful, powerful, powerful. We'll see you on Sunday or uh, next Thursday or Tuesday. We, we don't really know yet when we're doing shows these days. We just, just play by ear. That's why we, we encourage you to follow us where you get notices sent to your email. All right. Good night. Stay tuned, though, uh, to, uh, and hear this song. Uh, it's going to bless you, even though you won't even understand the words. Trust me. Just Just listen to the spirit of it. And, again, stay tuned to us as to whether or not we'll do a show on Sunday uh, or either Thursday, for sure Tuesday, but not so sure about Sundays and Thursdays these days. Good night. I was just saying earlier that this song is Psalms 24. It's Psalms 24 spoken, sung in Hebrew. Good night. You know what he